The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie, live from the old National Bank State Street Studio. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago, the new home of the Chicago Bears. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. All right, hope you're having a great Friday. You made it to your weekend. It's a beautiful day in the city of Chicago. It is. Be heading out to Kansas City tomorrow morning with the family. Uh, it should be a great time. It's been on my bucket list, uh, a place, a venue to see. Everyone has always told me. We've had Mike Tirico on the show lots of times, and he always has said, Sylvie, you've got to put it on your list. You've got to see Arrowhead. You've got to see the tailgate scene. Sea of people. I think they have more tailgate spots than tickets to the actual wow, game. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I've been next door to, to Kaufman, never been to Arrowhead. So that sounds like a good time. And they utilize all those parking yep. spots for yep. people to tailgate. And uh, it's loud. Joniak came over to the house yesterday. <laughs> this is what a good teammate he is. Did and, a little play-by-play for you? For the kids. <laughs> he, he dropped off my credential. Oh, for Sunday. For Sunday. Okay. The Bears gave him the credential, and on his way home, he dropped off my wow, credential door-to-door service. That is he's, a good teammate. He's the voice. I'm just the pregame show host. Yeah. That's pretty nice of him. Yeah, because you could have gotten there. You could have right. gotten I could have got it at the hotel yeah. in Kansas City. What a great guy. Absolutely. Tom Thayer is a great guy, too. He joins us right now on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. And uh, he is going to open the uh, door of the uh, booth in Kansas City and welcome me yep. uh, with, with loving... Uh, loving Get out uh, of my seat, kid. That's what he's going to say. Yeah, and he's he's going to let me do the <laughs> pregame show in Kansas City, right? That offer still stands? Oh, yeah. I'm looking... I'm- I'm looking forward to it. You know, um, I think it's going to be if this is one of your bucket list stadiums and you should see it, you should bring your, you know, your family to Kansas City. And I I think you're going to have a great experience there. I've been there. I've seen it. I know what it's like. And um, for anybody who hasn't, they should uh, get an opportunity if their team is playing there. What is your favorite road stadium like from a Bears perspective? Not only, like, maybe you have one where you liked playing in, and then just out of all these years as a guy who has done these games uh, from a broadcaster slash fan standpoint that you like just from the logistics standpoint. You know, the two games I would like, I would recommend for everybody to go to, Notre Dame-USC at the Coliseum or uh, Green Bay-Chicago in Green Bay. Um, I think it's kind of... um, you know, the Taj Mahals of their areas, and I know how old the Coliseum is, but it's still an interesting venue in everything what the Green Bay Stadium has become since the first time I played there when we actually walked through the uh, the corridor to go onto the field, and we are intermixing with the fans as they were going to their seats, we were going to the field, and then at ha- pregame and at halftime, They used to hold up sections of chain link fence to allow us to get through, uh, you know, as as a team. And people would wait to stand there to either spit on you or throw beer or whatever, (laughs) whatever they could get to you. (laughs) Jeez. 
Wow. Yeah, it was uh, awesome. Well, it was awesome. How, uh, Tom, you, you've seen some crazy weeks as, as a, a player and as a broadcaster here, especially lately over the last decade or two. How would you rate this week in, in Bears land? You know, it's different now because of social media and everybody trying to create the story of all stories. You know, we've had instances before, before social media was out there, whether it's Mike Ditka having a heart attack in the facility, the unfortunate passing of a young, talented defensive lineman and Fred Washington. He, we practiced with him one day. He goes out that night. He uh, gets killed in a car accident. And the next day we have to go to work. But there wasn't a lot of talk of it other than the reports of it on radio. Now, if anybody says a phrase, says a word, mm. and, you know, you got, they got to run with it and they have to create a story. And then it's a story in 10 different channels. You know, ESPN, ESPN uh, radio and TV covered it top to bottom. And so it's no longer just a statement out of your mouth. Now it's a story for the week and how whenever you say it during the course of the preparation week. Yeah, that's a good point. And when those things happen, when those weeks happen, good leaders, good organizations tend to close ranks, right, Tommy? You, you, you as, as, as Eberflus said today, you lean on each other, knowing this this group do you think they're doing a good job of that let's isn't it a uh, let's let's make it us against the world kind of thing especially this week when you're playing the world world champs you know i mean i i feel like closing ranks is the only way to go yeah you're exactly right you know that's the thing about it you know they have to allow the press to come into the locker room for a certain amount of time it doesn't mean you have to be there but as soon as as soon as those doors are closed and it's just you players in there then it is it is just you guys. And if there is uh, some senior leadership in there, Mercedes Lewis, even though he hasn't been around for a long time, but he's been in the NFL for a long time, and these guys that have examples of experiences throughout the course of their life, if a young guy needs to go and ask him questions about what, sh- what should I do going forward, what should I say to the press, they, these guys have all the answers. So, yeah, I mean, some of the closest you'll ever feel in the course of your professional life is when you're in a locker room with only your teammates, not the assistant coaches, not all the other peripheral people that come to help a team get prepared for the week. And, and that is sometimes the closest and the greatest moments in the course of a football life. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson uh, said yesterday, Tom, that – the coaches never informed them about Alan Williams leaving, that they found out through the social media that you were talking about. Eberflus today said he has since gone position group to position group informing them. Don't you think that Eberflus should have let them know ahead of time on what was going on? Wouldn't you have wanted that as a player back in the day? I, I think when they knew the finality of exactly what was going on, yeah, I think within the first couple of days, there's so much uncertainty exactly what's happening. You almost can't talk about it because you don't know what is going to be the end result. But when they realize what the end result was, then, yeah, you have to go and address the team. And, you know, whether it's Kevin, Ryan, or, or Matt, someone should have stood in front of the team and told them exactly what was going on. But, you know... Nowadays, you know, when you deliver that message to a team, you know, 
they now they, they they get cell phone breaks now from their meetings. So they're on they're contacting their agent, they're contacting family members, they're contacting their wives and girlfriends or friends at home. And then you kind of triple the exposure to the story. But I think if you would have stood in front of the team and you said, guys, if there's ever been anything that's been a closed door issue, this is it. Right. So I'm telling you guys out of respect because you're mature. Well, you're not. They're not all mature men at this point. Some of them are still growing into that position. But yeah, you you have to inform them as to what's going on. Tommy, let's talk a little bit on the field because I'm going to take the contrarian um, view about the left tackle position. Am I crazy? I mean, there's no one better to ask than you to to think that. Yes, I think they should have moved Darnell right over to the left side right now or in the near future maybe when it's more convenient. But is that crazy? No. You know, because that's, the, you know, when they drafted him here, they said that, you know, we're going to put him at right tackle because we have the luxury of having Braxton Jones who played every snap in practice and every snap during the season last year. And now we can allow this young man to come and settle into an NFL life and just become accustomed to everything that um, you're challenged with throughout the course of the season and play right tackle, probably a position he's more comfortable with. However, there are film examples of him playing left tackle at a high level in the SEC. So if they figure that Braxton Jones is going to be gone for longer than four weeks, then I would explore that option and that opportunity. If they feel behind the scenes and the training staff feels like, look, this is going to be a four-week uh, incident, and then Braxton is going to be back in place, then maybe you, you keep uh, – um, Darnell at the right tackle position and then kind of change the balance of your offense and be more right-hand centric. Because nowadays with these runnable quarterbacks and RPOs, it's there's not so much demands that you have to have an Anthony Munoz or a Jimbo Covert or a guy that's going to dominate the backside of the quarterback. Because there is no more just exclusive backside to a right-handed quarterback because there's a variety of positions that they should be throwing from. Mm-hmm. And um, if that's the case, then, you know, point, you know, your point of attack should be on the right side and your left-hand side should be able to do what uh, is needed according to the play called. Uh, Nate Davis today was limited. He did not practice all week because of still coming back uh, from the death in the family. Uh, Matt Eberflus today, when he just met the media, Tom, was noncommittal on whether or not he would play. You thought he, he played better in week one than most. Would you play him here in, in week three? 100%. I would play him, uh, you know, immediately. Uh, as soon as he's back on the field, back on his feet, you know, the conditions last week in Tampa, you know, the, you know, would have been kind of a question mark. How many snaps can you give me? What, what's your frame of mind? Uh, you know, how, where, where are you mentally? And if he was, if he was ready to go, then I would play him. I would play him this week. And, um, I would kind of, almost tell him that we need him to play rather than allow him to tell us if he's going to play because I don't know if that's the way to go about business. So, and it, listen, with all due respect to what he's gone through in the last couple weeks, uh, you know, I, I, you know, Brett Favre lost his dad one day and played the next day. So there's been other examples of it. However, Nate Davis has been brought in here to be a leader on this offensive line. 
He's got a great lineage from what he he was required to do down in Tennessee. So, uh, Nate, you got to come in here and you got to be a, kind of a a mental a, a mentally uprising player for the rest of this team, the rest of the offense and the offensive line. Tommy, it seems like everybody in in this sport around the country has had an opinion on on Justin Fields and the Bears offense. I want yours. I mean, are they holding something back? Like a lot of people are wondering, like myself, where's the quarterback runs? Student body right, student body left, plus one with the blockers. It it feels like we're pre-New England last year again, where it's very rudimentary and that's not even working and not taking advantage of Justin Fields' uh, strengths. Where's the sort of dynamic offense that we expected? Is it coming in your opinion? I hope so. You know, and when Justin said, when they asked him and he's, he just said the word coaching, I agreed with Justin. I'm not the guy that's going to jump on him and say, oh, my God, he's in the wrong. This is turmoil. We got to put out this fire. We got to invite the media into the locker room after practice so he can put out this fire. It's exactly what you said. Where are all those elements to offensive professional football that include Justin and his athleticism as a threat to the opponent? So, you know, Jess, you got an offensive line that's on pace to give up 85 sacks this year. If you think you're going to develop Justin by having him as a drop-back passer going into Kansas City or whomever they're playing, wherever they're playing, you're going to do him a disservice. But, again, if you want to make your offensive line the most comfortable and confident blockers that you can possibly put on the field, then you have to have those naked bootlegs. You have to have those protected bootlegs. You have to have those roll passes. You have to have a waggle protection. You have to have an aggressive play action. I would never set Justin up on two passes in the same spot in a row. I would have a run system that we call a check with me where they call one play in the huddle, but it can go to either side. So I look, where's Chris Jones lined up? Okay, now this time he's lined up at left defensive end. So I'm going to take him and I'm going to run in the opposite direction, point of attack. And then I do the same thing, you know, almost every running play. And then when I do have first and second down runs or whenever I'm going to run the ball, I'm going to go back old school and I'm going to go and get into I formation. And I'm going to put Kari Blassing game at the fullback. And I'm going to tell the running back, look, this is not zone blocking. This is point of attack runs. This is the Matsui era, the Larry Zonka era. This is when you're going to lead the running back through the hole. You're going to get him that explosive two and a half to three yards. And then you're going to allow the running back to be creative. So there are weaponries that you can go to, whether it's old school or new school, and take advantage of Justin's athleticism or a point-of-attack run game that's explosive because Kari Blassing game is a good, powerful fullback, and if he gets you to the second level, you're almost guaranteed you're going to have a running start to the third level. With all that said, Tom, with all those things you said you would do, what do you think they've been thinking on not wanting to do that? You know, I, I just think it's the, the development of Justin as a pocket passer. Yeah. And then you put together this offensive line that you feel is going to really be a solid group up there with Cody at center, Nate Davis at right guard, Darnell at right tackle, Braxton Jones. And then you had Tevin Jenkins at left guard. Okay, that's your formula that you plan in the offseason. 
and you put these guys in shorts and you go through OTAs. And then you go to the uh, preseason games and you don't play them and you really don't get an indication of what is your strengths and your weaknesses. So then you try to be, you know, go by the seat of your pants in the week one of the NFL season, and you're behind the timing of the game because you haven't played it all. And I think that has a lot to do with uh, kind of the what what we're facing right now in going into the third week of the season. Oh, I, I love this guy, Sylvie. You know, I'm full meathead when it comes to playing <laughs> in the in the preseason. <laughs> but I, you're you're, you're I, well, I, no, I know you got to. That's you, what I'm saying. That's the only way you get better at football, right? right? Is by playing Just football. Play. And you had GT O'Sullivan on yesterday. Risks you're going to have to risk injury. This Don't bring him up though, dude. No, Thayer, right, Thayer doesn't that's like him. Like but he mentioned Go you know ahead, he's got to run the ball a little bit, and you, when you run, you risk injury. But that's his style. Well, let's forget about that for a second, Tommy. Listen, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, say, say what's on your say mind. Say what's on your mind if you want. You know, listen. <laughs> football is a risk injury game. Yeah. So is NASCAR. So is IndyCar racing. There you That's go. part of why you get paid an enormous amount of money. And from whether it's the era of days gone by of the modern day era, there's always a threat of getting hurt. That's something you have to accept when you invest yourself in this way of living. So if you if you listen, you guys, if you ever go on the field and you ever have injury lingering in the back of your mind, you're going to get hurt. That's something that you can never think about. You can never let it absorb your thoughts, and you can never say, oh, my God, this may be the day that I hurt myself because you're you're right there. You have the wrong approach in whether it's practicing or playing. That's why they have 90 guys in training camp, and that's why they have multiple guys on the roster on game day. That next guy that has to have the next man up mentality He's got to be chopping at the bit for when his opportunity is presented, he's ready to roll. Tommy, is it unfair to to sort of half-criticize Luke Getze in a way because he only really knew a drop-back passer in Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, and then he comes here to coach a, a completely different town? And look, he's a football coach. I'm, I'm sure he knows <laughs> different ways to utilize guys. And we saw that in the second half last year. But I'm, I'm still wondering if in his heart he saw Aaron Rodgers drop back and win MVPs. And that's what Fields should be doing. Or, or is this, again, just a progression to something more dynamic in your opinion? Listen, man, Luke knows a lot about football. He's an ex-player. He understands the responsibility of the quarterback position. He also understands incremental development during the course of a career, during the course of a year, during the course of an offseason. And I think those are some of the indicators that you get in team meetings, or not in team meetings, in position meetings. When you're installing new information or you're reviewing old information, and then you ask questions in meetings, and then you kind of take in consideration the time frame that the answer is coming out of your mouth. And like Dick Stanfeld, our offensive line coach, said, and I repeat it all the time, if you think, you're beat. And so mm-hmm. you got to, when you start feeding all of this information to a young quarterback like Justin, who, you know, still doesn't have as much experience as a Brock Purdy does because he played four years of college, you know, it's just that development that you th- you hope that would come at a faster rate. Yeah. It's not that it'll never come to Justin. But when you have the reliability of such dynamic athleticism, you always have that escapability. And so it's different than looking at 
you know, a, a Peyton Manning or a Tom Brady develop because they don't have that escapability. So they have to do everything mentally as quickly as they possibly can. Where Justin, he always had that parachute. If I feel any pressure coming at me, I can head fake and go 60. And um, that's one of the elements that you have to overcome when you get into the NFL. And then you just have to have more faith in your talents. And then you have to take what the defense is offering you. Just because it's 3rd and 11, you don't have to throw a 12-yard completion. You can throw an 8-yard completion with the receiver having momentum, and he can get the extra 4 yards. So Mm -hmm. Justin has to take a little pressure off of himself and rely on the playmakers they're bringing in here to you know, do their part in this offense. A couple of more questions for Tom Thayer here before we let him go. Um, I don't know how you're going to take this question. It, has this been such a bad <laughs> week, and is Kansas City so good, and the Bears are off to such a bad start? Is there a way the Bears lose the game but kind of win the weekend by the way they can perform? Can they come out with, I guess I'm asking you, is there a way they can come away with a moral win, Tom? No, you can't lose and win. Um, that's never going to be the case. You can play better. You can take um, certain advances in different ty- the uh, types of uh, information you're trying to install, offense, defense, and special teams. But if you ever lead up a stadium and you only got beat by three and you're happy about it, you're doing yourself a disservice for the future. You should be angry about only losing by three and kind of take that effort, take that film, and, and improve from it. If we would lose a game like that, that's when Dicka would criticize us the most. And um, I know that's old school thinking, but it is the process of developing a callousness amongst your peers when you go out there and you have a strict evaluation in front of all of your teammates. Notre Dame uh, get the win against Ohio State? Uh, It would be the first time since 1936, although Notre Dame is getting a couple of their players back that have been injured since the beginning of the year, Um, and it's a difficult atmosphere to play in when that stadium is packed with Notre Dame fans, but I suspect there will be a lot of Ohio State fans there, and... um, I'm pulling for him, you know. I, I, I'm, I'm certainly pulling for him. And Ohio State is, uh, it's a good team. But maybe this, this may be the best quarterback that Notre Dame has had in a couple decades. Yeah. So you mm. never know what he can do. Great stuff, Tom. We will see you in Kansas City. Thank you. Take care, Tom. All right, bring my lunch, Sylvie. <laughs> what do you want? You tell me. Give me. Send no, me. I'm text me. I'm text me the order. No. I'll bring it. No, I'm. I'm kidding. I look forward to seeing you. All right. See you later. There's Tom Thayer. <laughs> I'm the rookie. I'm the rook. That's I get right. It. You bring the backpack yeah, with the bubble yeah, gum. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whatever it takes. Uh, he's the best. Oh, he's great. He's, he's he br- great. and he brings the passion. Yes, he does. And he's he loves his bears. All right. A Waddle's world coming up. If you want to weigh in on everything, we. we we brought you the Matt Eberflus press conference. We'll recap that. Um, uh, you heard from Tom Thayer. What are your thoughts about Bears and Chiefs? Uh, the Cubs are winning pretty big, so hopefully they'll hold on and we'll have a, a good Cubs conversation, which we haven't had. Doug Kazarian coming up at four. There is so much to do. It is Friday. You've made it to your weekend. Jesse's in for Waddle. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run. He's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Let's get weird. Let's 
Let's get weird. Welcome to Waddle's World. Come inside. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Waddle's World is brought to you by Wintrust Community Bank, Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us. Member FDIC. He's gone, but Waddle's World remains. You ready, Sylvie? Don't make it sound like he's dead. Well, he's, he's just he's on vacation. Yes. He's not gone. He's out of town. That's all I meant to say. He'll live on forever it, in our hearts. Waddle's dead, but the, the <laughs> Waddle's world Wad- lives on forever. Yeah, the spirit of Waddle's world will never die. <laughs> no, he's still, he's, he's, yes. he's just at a wedding. Of course, everyone knows that. They listen every day. Panthers rule out quarterback Bryce Young. Sylvie, guess who's starting in his well, place? I know, the Red Rifle. Oh, you knew that. I didn't know that. Yes. I didn't even know he was You know why I once dined next to uh, Andy Dalton at the Deer Path Inn? That is a celebrity sighting right there, if I ever heard. One. Nice guy. Another like the Bears are really good <laughs> nice at guys. signing nice guys or or coaches coaches that yeah, have nice that's what I mean. You, yeah, I feel like this is actually Maggie. bad news for Bears fans because Dalton gives them a better chance of winning games I right was, now. I was wondering that. Like, I think so. Uh, I, I was wondering like, are they better in the now without him? I don't know. He's, not, right. he's still not very good, Dalton. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but, in Seattle, that's not an easy place no, no, to but, play right out of the gate. You're right, him. but I think Bryce Young, with the weapons that or lack thereof that he's working with, it's not a great situation for the Panthers. I think Dalton gives them, like, a level of NFL competency. They're still going to be underdogs. You're right, Sylvie. But as a Bears fan, Bryce Young, I don't. he doesn't look great right now. Colts rule out Anthony Richardson. Yes. That's according to Jeremy Fowler. So he's out as well. So a couple rookie quarterbacks out for their respective teams. Doug, uh, who is coming up at four, has a hot play on the Colts game. Yeah. Yes, he does. Uh, back with the Browns, running back Kareem Hunt to play against the Titans after that devastating uh, injury to Chubb the other day. So Meller gave you him on uh, the, the waiver wire this week. There you go. How about this one? Aaron Rodgers congratulates Jordan Love for keeping Bears ownership in All place. Right. On the Pat McAfee show, he, he sent a text. I said, congratulations on keeping the ownership in place. That was pretty awesome for him. I, I don't blame him. Pile on. We deserve it. That, that's what I mean. Everybody's piling on. We deserve it. Did you see this story, too? I, I never read it to you. The And I tweeted it out. The Onion is even piling on. Even The Onion. The Onion is a parody uh, a news organization. They did a sports story. The headline reads, Matt Eberflus blames Justin Fields' struggles on incompetent coaching. <laughs> <laughs> like, every, I'm like, everybody, everybody. is... Everybody. We're back to being the butt of everybody's jokes. That's what I said to Thayer. I mean, I've consumed everything this week because I've been at Wrigley and I'll just go online. I've consumed everything. It's like the whole sports world is talking about the Bears and Justin Fields and Alan Williams and everything else that's wrong. Yeah, I mean, and, and Justin Fields moves the needle uh, when he's doing well, and when he like he's in a, like a player that people care about in the National and, Football and, League. And, and I think you agree with this. The, the funniest thing of this whole thing is it's not like mid-November, December. We're like, remember three months ago when we were all excited? This is like two weeks ago. It was September 10th, <laughs> the opener. The the like you were there, Jesse. Yes. The 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 excitement was palpable. It was so much, and I was so excited with my buddy, and then it just... 12 days from ago? From that moment. 12 days ago. 12, 12 
freaking days ago. Carmen said today, it was funny, I was laughing in my car. Can you imagine if there was someone at Football Fest to give a presentation from the future when everyone was like so excited saying, hello, everybody, I'm from the future. Here's what's going to happen. Um, Alan Williams is going to resign. Your Bears are going to get smoked to Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield. Uh, the, the team is going to be in disarray. <laughs> and those equipment's going to get stolen from Soldier Field. Incredible. 49ers announced. I did send Jay a text uh, right after the Bears. Or, uh, when they had pulled away, I sent him a message because I wanted him to see it when he got back to his phone. Oh, Just, uh, congratulations on keeping the uh, the ownership in place. And, <laughs> I didn't um, know who that was. That first. was pretty awesome for him. At first, I thought that was Moen Frankfurt at first. I'm like, who, <laughs> who the hell is this? Wait, he's sending congratulation <laughs> texts before the game's even over. You know what I mean? He's not like yep. waiting till Monday. He's like getting it out there. It's Sunday. What, what it was a three thirty game? Like five o'clock. He's sending Jordan Love a text. Oh, that's. He wanted it waiting for him on his phone when he got back into the locker. Room. Oh God. The 49ers announced they signed general manager John Lynch and head coach Kyle Shanahan to a multi-year extension. Sylvie, I watched that game last night while I was at Wrigley Online there. I mean, talk about being jealous of yeah, an offense. I know. You see them seal the edges when they run outside. And I think of the, all the defenders that have gotten past Chase Claypool and all these other guys. Like, it is night and day, these offenses, with the last pick in the draft. It's the only it, it, it's franchise insane. that could blow the Trey Lance yeah. uh, draft pick and still be great, you know, because of they know how to plug and play a guy like Brock Purdy because you, of Shanny's brilliance. You usually blow that draft pick; it costs you your job. That's what, Instead, they get extended. Well, it sets the Bears franchise back five years. Right for them, they they don't miss a beat. They're still probably the favorite or the second favorite to come out of the NFC. What did you guys think of this? Really quick. Yeah. I know it's Waddle's World. They were debating on Get Up today, who you would rather have right now, not based on coaches, okay? So take Shanahan out of the situation, take money out of the situation, take the roster out of the situation. You could have this quarterback or that quarterback. Do you want Daniel Jones or do you want Brock Purdy? I mean, that's the problem, right? I want Daniel Jones. That's what they all answer. Yeah. But I feel like, and I know this, I know it's with Shanahan, and I know it's with a really good team, and, and uh, but that's what a lot of people dismiss Tom Brady early. Like, I know, but all I have to go I'm off of is... I'm not saying that he's going to be Tom Brady. Right. Don't get me no, wrong. I know what you mean. I but a lot mean. of times we're like, oh, he's just in a good situation. Maybe he's just a guy who fell through the cracks. You know, but Trent Dilfer was in a good, was, was in a good situation. Trent Dilfer never looked like this. Oh, he won a Super Bowl. But he what, ne- never looked like I know. Right. They did on defense. Um, but Daniel Jones can run. He can throw. It just looks like he's on a crappy team. You know, well, I don't know. Meller, how would you answer it? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I get what you're saying. I don't know, though, how to separate what Brock Purdy has done. Right. W- would yeah. you take Brock Purdy in, in Brian Dable's situation? Like, what if, what if you would re- reverse See, I, the situation? Yeah. Do you think Daniel Jones would be giving I do. Shanny h- h- as much as Brock yes, Purdy? I do. Yes, I, I do. do, too. Yeah, that, yeah okay. like, I really do. If they're both in the draft right now, I think most people would take Daniel Jones. Or am I wrong? I don't know. Yeah, but I do think Brock Purdy is proving to you that he's a, a starting caliber quarterback in this league. But I do think Kyle Shanahan makes everything so much easier okay. on quarterbacks. Okay. Go ahead. 
Uh, one more. Chargers are listing running back Austin Eckler as out for Sunday's game versus the Vikings. I know we're doing like it, love it later, but I kind of like uh, the Chargers in that one. I think Minnesota's... A lot of people do. Take-a-thon is on in Minnesota. I know, but they still, like... Uh, they, they, compete. A, they competed with the Eagles. Yeah, yeah. They they maybe should have won that game if not for the touchback yeah. and the fumble. And it's not a tankathon. They've got Cousins and they're a game back in the NFC. Or, yeah, they're, they're only a game well, out in the NFC North. Cousins yeah. is actually off to a great start. He is. Like, they're not tanking in oh, Minnesota. Not yet. not yet. But if things go south, eh, I could see that happening. Like, the Chargers are one of those teams that just mystify you. Right. Oh, Staley's getting fired soon if he doesn't yeah. figure this out. Could be this. I mean, if they go 0-3 to start the year, he's probably out within the next three weeks. You think so? Well, that's interesting because 0-3 gives you almost no shot of making the playoffs in based on history. I think I heard, what was it, last night they were saying only one team has bounced back from 0-3 to make the playoffs? The Cowboys way back when, maybe? Someone like that. But, he, yeah, he's underachieved with that team. There's no doubt about it. But I feel like so is Minnesota. Not a fan of the Vikings. That's all. That's the bottom line. I'm not a fan of the Vikings. See, I I, I have pulled the cap on um, Kirk Cousins because of quarterback. You flip flopped a little. <laughs> I have I have now all of a sudden loved Kirk Cousins because of quarterback. <laughs> I used to, and I still I still don't think he's. I like him more because of the the show quarterback. <laughs> it's a meathead move, admittedly. But I fell in love with him in quarterback. Happens to me all the time when I go to the locker room. You know. It's guilty. Guilty. When you get to know them, Sylvie, I've been there. Like <laughs> He's just like such a dad. You like that? You like that? His, I mean, and his kid is wearing like this terrible ripoff Kirk Cousins jersey, too. Like, you would have thought the kid would have been able to get like a real Kirk Cousins jersey. It's only his dad. Like, <laughs> you have connections. It's like one of the worst knockoff jerseys I've ever seen. And it's only the kid of Kirk so Cousins it, wearing it. It made him more endearing to you in yes, a way. Yes, like in everything way. about right. that family was endearing. Okay. All right. Did you notice what car he was driving to? There's the one of the last episodes he's driving home from the stadium. Did you get a glimpse of what I car he's driving? I think you told me this in the past, and I forgot. I mean, he's making, what, $40 million a year? You'd think he could drive any car in the world he wants. He's got a Ford. Great. <laughs> That's well, awesome. How about all the Brock Purdy stuff? He takes the bus to, to the game or oh, something, yeah. right? He's got a roommate. He's got a roommate. Brock, Purdy's got Brock Purdy have a roommate? Yeah, Al, Al and Kirk were talking yeah, uh, all over it. We were talking okay. about it last night. Does he really take the bus, though? I don't, I don't know about the bus, that. but he has one of the offensive linemen is his roommates. Jim Riggleman used to take the red line yes, to the game. Yes, he did. I took it home one time with Jim Riggleman. But not in his after uniform, cover, right? No, not no. in that. And after nobody covering knew he was, a right? Cubs game, I took the red line home with Jim Riggleman. Not planned. Right, right, right. I, I was like, I, I used to live at LaSalle Division. I'd get off at the division, the that stop right there. Did you get off before him or after him? Um, sim- I think we both got off at the same stop, <laughs> That's too, hilarious. Like downtown. But, All right, um, Jim. See you tomorrow. But Gracie, like Dan Filato, who used to be our producer at GN, Gracie lived with Dan Filato yeah. all these years. Like Mark Grace had a roommate, but he's making nine hundred thousand. And what I read today is that is he staying at a Holiday Inn until his stuff is built or something? Something like there was something about him staying He's at a Holiday a, he Inn. He doesn't live in a Holiday Inn with a roommate, he does he? San Francisco, no. <laughs> nine hundred grand. You might need a roommate. That's true. Right. That's true.
Uh, that's all I got for you, Sylvie. Okay. Uh, Florida or Ohio, yes? Coming up, uh, we've got that. Uh, and then we've got Doug Kazarian, who's been red hot. If you've been listening to some of his plays uh, and you've played them, you've made money. So uh, he'll give you his tips coming up at uh, 4 o'clock. All your Bears calls, 312-332-3776. Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation. Public drunkenness. Exotic animals. Dumb criminals. Random stabbings. Or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. And as always, listeners, feel free to play along at home. Florida or Ohio is brought to you by our great friends and partners at 19 Crimes Wine. I opened a bottle last night, 19 Crimes Wine. Tells the story of rule breakers who beat the odds and became infamous. You should pick up a bottle today and live infamously on your own terms. I go to Grand and Western Liquors when I pick up a bottle. You should, too. Check them out today. What do you got, Tyler? Man charged with falsely reporting a bear attack claims he just wanted a ride out of the woods. Bears. A man was charged. (laughs) Well done, Mallard. After deputies said... He falsely claimed he was being attacked by a bear and just wanted a ride out of the woods. Christian Leonard uh, was charged with falsely reporting an emergency incident, uh, according to a criminal complaint uh, filed in the county court. Deputies say they were initially called to the forest after 3 a.m. Friday morning for a man claiming to have been attacked by a bear and injured on a steep and rural terrain. The county dispatchers were unable to make or were, were able to make contact with a man who had an open line with Leonard, who was allegedly crying, please help me, saying he'd been attacked by a bear. Um, he told dispatchers he'd been walking for days and his phone battery was dying and that the bears were circling him. Doesn't sound like our <laughs> like, bears defense. <laughs> like, I know they, he faked it anyway, so, but are there bears in Florida? Like. That- was going to be my question. And, like, forest is, like, to me, more of a Midwest thing. Like, the forest preserve here in the, you know, sh- Yeah, I don't think sh- the Everglades Midwest. are full of uh, bears. Yeah, more swamps than forests yeah. right, in Florida. Right, right. So I'm going with that. With, same same, with same Ohio. thing. With Ohio. Oh, boy. You same. are too, Jesse? Yeah. Well, this is a disaster. I'm going to say Ohio as well, but that's never going to end well. Clean sweep of winners, Brexville. There you go. All right. <laughs> Where, where is that in Ohio? Uh, Bre- Brex, what'd you say? Brexville, Ohio. Brexville. It's too hot for bears in Florida, right? I mean, I'm and sure. How many bears are in Ohio? Are there bears in Ohio? I mean, like... This would, is south I, of uh, Cleveland, near the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Cuyahoga! Why did the guy just call for a ride out? <laughs> why, why say I'm lost? I need a right. ride out of here. Yeah. Why make up a story? <laughs> right? People are dumb. That's why. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> so there's approximately four thousand black bears in Florida. So that's oh. more than I would have thought. I guess you could find bears everywhere. I, I, South. I, that's got to be North Florida. Have that can't be seen? South Florida. <laughs> um, you want specifics Probably on the black bear population dust, right? statewide? There looks like, yeah, it's for the most part in the northern part. Yeah. Although, I'll tell you what, according to this Google search, which has never let me down before, there is about a thousand black bears in southern Florida, the tip. So oh, there you go. Just the Did tip. Did not know that. 
You want to take a Bears uh, call here Absolutely. before we uh, before we get to Doug here? Uh, Terrell in Dallas. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Terrell? Sylvie. Terrell. <laughs> All right. Sunday, I was crazy. But today, I'm better. It's a whole segment of Dallas fans, down, or Bears fans down here in Dallas. So we get together about different places. We watch the game, and it's, we're going crazy. But after listening to J.T.O. Sullivan, mm-hmm. I, I, ha- I had my calming moment. And, and, and I want to give Bears fans a couple takeaways that we can take away that I think it may not be as bad as we think. So yesterday I got caught on one of those YouTube, you know, journeys that takes you. Yeah. And, I, and I, I watched that 90-minute breakdown of J.T.O. Sullivan's deal. Right. With the, <laughs> and we had him on yesterday, yesterday, too. You should listen to that. I watched that, and that's what took me to the YouTube channel. So okay. there's four things I saw that I like that I think we can take away from this. All right? One, we need to get Justin to play fast. When he plays fast, he looks good. Two, change the launch angles. That's moving the pocket around, just doing some things to get him some confidence. That's what Tom Three, said, too. Yeah, uh-huh. Downfield attempts. We never throw the ball downfield. Right. It makes for easy pass, pass interference. Anything can happen. We never sure. do it. And, and and with the number three, in the breakdown, when you look at what J.T. O'Sullivan shows, Justin loves hitches. It's certain routes he doesn't love, but the ones that he doesn't like, he even said it. We need to take those out, bring them back to the playbook after November, but the things he likes, do more of them, and that'll give him his confidence. And I think – if we can get him into a rhythm, it'll be better for us. I don't think we're going to win Sunday, but if, if if he looks better, it'll be better for us. I think and, our I, mental state. and Terrell, I think there are winnable games coming up, too. We looked at the schedule. I'm not telling you the Bears are going to go on a run, but I think after I think I looked at the after the Kansas City game, I think they should win two out of their next four games. Yeah, it, Call it, me crazy. No, I, I, I don't think you're crazy. I do think... That there's a big game in Justin coming. I do. I know it's we can be recency bias and you know look at it and say there's no way. And I don't know if he's going to be a star, but we know there's big game potential. We know it's there. Just has to figure it all out, and that includes Luke Getze. So I hate to say it, Courtney said this. I mean, a lot of teams use September as training camp. The, the Bears didn't couldn't afford to do that, but that's what's happening. That's what's happening. Yeah, uh, the, the the Chiefs can use September to get ready. The Bears should have used August, July, and June to get ready. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to talk some Bears, Doug Kazarian gets ready for a football weekend. Not only are we getting set for a, a big uh, Bears uh, Chiefs game, but also it's it's one of the better college football schedules that we have seen in a while. So uh, Doug loves himself some college football. He's going to get you some tips on making money. He had a big week last weekend. He'll give you all those coming up next.